Hello and welcome to the Dear Patriarchy podcast. This is the Gaslit Person's Guide to Conquering the Corporate World. We are two sisters armed with facts and statistics and we're destigmatizing the plight of the working person. Hello, I'm Lisa. I'm Jennifer. What are we talking about this week? So it's Trans Awareness Week and we have typically in this season, not typically, but in this season, our first three episodes, three episodes have been incredibly amazing guests that have shared with us their journey towards their activism and just kind of how they keep their cup full. Um, And we have a gap in guests this week. And so we thought we would take a moment to talk about the plight of the transgender person. Not that we can speak from personal experience, but there is a lot of disinformation going on, especially in the United States, but probably around the world, actually mm. absolutely around the world. Yep. Um, I feel like what's going on in the United States is a bit more, well, I mean, it's evil everywhere, but using it as a political tool to shore up votes with this uh, so-called righteous indignation against a sinful lifestyle is actually killing people. Um, It is not based in fact. Religion is not fact. Science is fact. And we have a population of people under attack from every direction, um, politically, in their own personal lives, from the medical community. And um, they're one of the most at-risk population of people in the world. And by continuing to vilify them and to spread misinformation, all we're doing is killing them. And I think you really have to, if you have a knee-jerk reaction to anything we're saying, I would really urge you to do some research, go on to the Trevor Project or, you know, the Human Rights Campaign or PFLAG or... Marsha P. Johnson Foundation. Any, yes, yes. That one always made me cry. But just go on to any of these websites and just do a little reading. And no one's trying to indoctrinate your fucking kids. No one is trying to change your cousin Ned into cousin Betty. Like no one's fucking trying to do that. These are people that are living their lives and that's it. And they deserve privacy and they deserve respect and they deserve the same thing, the same rights that all of us have. So I know Lisa, you just did a post by Pink Manta Ray, who is an incredible activist. I think his main platform is Instagram, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, that's, that's where we, that's where we consume his content. So yeah. did you want to talk a little bit about that post? I love, well, I love anything from, so Pink Manta, at Pink Manta Ray and this is Shuler Baylor, Shiler Baylor. I'm not sure, but the thing that you can be sure about is that it's really super informed, super educational, super loving, super inclusive, and super accepting content from uh, Shuler Baylor, who's a trans man. And he is existing in the world in order to inform people who may not have trans people in their life who are not lucky enough to love trans kids, trans adults, and want to learn more and maybe come to his page misinformed uh, with some of the, carrying some of the really dangerous rhetoric and tropes that get thrown around typically by um, conservative politicians who don't obviously know and love 
trans people either. And one of the great things that he does is he creates uh, sort of cheat sheets and check sheets and uh, little bite-sized snippets of information that are super easy to consume, super easy to retain, and just really easy to understand. So it is Trans Awareness Week this week. And so he has put out a little cheat sheet for ways in which to understand the trans experience. Although, as always, he is really, really careful to say that trans people are not a monolith. So everything that he puts in his posts, he says, these are drawn from all of the conversations, the thousands and thousands of conversations that he as a trans man has had with other trans people, but it doesn't represent the totality of the trans experience. So it really, it's, it's informative as a foundational basis, but when you go out into the world and you interact with trans people, you'll need to be guided by what language they like to have used or the ways in which they like to be spoken to um, and referred to. Um, so the first thing is a, is a quick cheat sheet, which basically says, instead of saying certain things, what you can say. So instead of saying he is a transgender, you say he is transgender. And instead of saying he is transgendered, you say he is a transgender man. So an important thing to remember is that transgender is an adjective. And when you use it as a noun or a verb, it's not only grammatically incorrect, but it's also really dehumanizing, um, which you can kind of hear in the language anyway. Like you don't need someone to spell that out to you to say to say someone is a transgender. That's, that sounds very dehumanizing and it's not something that we, we do. Talking about transitioning, instead of saying he transgendered last year, you'd say he transitioned last year and we don't use the terms of he changed genders, we would say he transitioned or he affirmed his gender. And you wouldn't say he was born a girl or when he was a girl or before Mm -hmm. he became a boy, you'd say before he transitioned or before he affirmed his gender. Um, And so I can understand how like listening to this list, how people would be like, well, like not understand how harmful this language can be to the transgender population. And I think, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't very long ago that like trannies and transsexuals was like really offensive language that was used pretty much across the board. Yeah. And like, there was a lot of trauma that happens to transgender people prior to them transitioning. For a lot of folks, they don't get to transition until they're in their late adulthood. So that means a whole life of not feeling right in their body. And that, and we are pushing people further into the closet that need help, that need support. And this fear that is empowering people to speak so hatefully about a group that's just trying to survive is so unreal. And so this language is very important. Just like you don't like to be misgendered or miscategorized, that is the same for people who are transitioning or who have transitioned. So I know that there is this knee-jerk reaction to be like, oh, that's too woke or that's too ridiculous. And I've even had people that have complained about some of the adjustments we've made on our podcast when we went from using the word women with an X to like using the word to using women 
with an A or an E. People had a problem with us even having a conversation about that because they felt like it was overkill. But using respectful language, knowing, like learning something and doing fucking better, you can do that. We can do better. Like, it's not about like, oh, I can't say anything anymore. Like, you don't have to be fucking centered in this. We can do better. We can learn. And so if your knee-jerk reaction is to be like, oh, come on, like really fucking listen because you're the problem. If you can't give this the same level of respect that you expect people to give you when you tell them your name or your pronouns, or you just let people assume your pronouns. Yeah. And you expect that respect. You owe everyone else in your life or in your general vicinity, that same respect because you demand it for yourself. And I would say you can have the best of intentions and be the kindest person and be someone who like Jen and I are trying really hard to educate ourselves on all different types of systems of oppression. And you can still make mistakes and it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to get it wrong sometimes. And to have to say, I made a mistake. I made a mistake and maybe I misgendered or maybe I used the wrong pronouns or I assumed pronouns. I want to do better. I apologize for what I've done and I want to do better. I want, and that's okay. And that is actually, that has to be, it's a really uncomfortable part of the journey. And it's one that I really struggle with because I have all sorts of stuff around needing to be right to prove my own self-worth. That's a different conversation, but (laughs) a lot of people have that. And releasing that for me, like just being a, just having to find the place where I can be like, I can be wrong. I can be you. I can have the best intentions and do the most research and try and be as educated as I possibly can. And I will still get it wrong sometimes. And that's not only okay, it's necessary for me to get to the next place for me to find more education. So this list is in, is informing us as much as it's informing anybody. And if you feel something coming up, well, there's, oh, it's a lot to remember. It is, it is a lot to remember, but the more you use it, the more you study, the more you look at it, the easier it will become. And the more comfortable we get with consent and ideas around what are your preferred pronouns? How do you want me to speak to you? Like in what way makes you feel the most comfortable in this conversation? There's nothing wrong with that. It should be common courtesy, but it hasn't been. And now it's what we should be doing. And one thing I want to say as well, the two things on the list as well, is being trans means you're gay. That's what we need to move past. Gender identity and sexual orientation are not the same thing. So that's important. And also, if you feel like you need to ask a trans person whether or not they've had gender affirming surgery, please just stop for a second and recognize that talking about surgeries and private parts of the body, unless someone is explicitly open for that conversation, like they have introduced that information, it's not okay to talk about. It's not okay to ask about because you wouldn't walk up to a stranger on the street and say, what does your pussy look like? Yeah. I mean, you don't walk up to everybody, everyone and be like, I shaved today. This pussy clean. <laughs> I mean, maybe cut so that one out. You're buying into a patriarchal notion of what is clean. So... Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to piggyback off that. Cause I'm looking at like, while you're looking at your pink man posts, I am looking at be an ally support trans equality. It's on the human rights campaign.org site. So be mindful of microaggressions and backhanded compliments. These are statements that can cause emotional damage to a trans person. Even if the person saying them 
thought they were being supportive. Microaggressions can be more harmful than our obvious acts of bias or discrimination that have been described as death by a thousand cuts. We know that we've talked about that with race and misogyny and all kinds of things. So they're harmful. I need you to hear this. They are harmful because they tend to reduce a trans person to a few body parts, give them a perceived value based on how well they conform to cisgender, non-transgender beauty standards or tokenize them. Some examples of microaggressions and backhanded compliments are, and what you just said, Lisa, did you have surgery yet? Like, don't talk about people's bits. No, I never would have guessed you're trans. You look so good. Like, fuck Ugh. off. You're too pretty to have ever been a man. I could tell you're trans because of your voice or size of hands or jawline. If you're going to look like a tomboy, why didn't you just stay a boy? Are you going to get some work done to look more real? Be thankful you don't have periods. They're so annoying. How do you have sex? It's so cool to have a trans friend. Um, okay. So I literally have heard these be said to a trans person. I have trans friends and I've heard pretty much all of these and people just say them in like just passing, like just because they aren't thinking and we have to be aware of this language. I think as like white cisgender folks, a lot of people are empowered just to fucking say shit and not have to think about it. Yeah. And if you want to do better, if you want to be an ally, if you want to improve this world and like help this at-risk community population fucking do better. And I know for a lot of people, it's like things they haven't even thought of yet. We had the honor of meeting an amazing trans author last night of some books that my kids love. And there was a question and answer section. And one of the parents on the call asked, even though parents were really supposed to participate, one of the parents on the call asked, is it hard to get a trans book published? Like the book is not trans. The subject matter may be trans. The author may be trans. And so in that time when this author is supposed to be like encouraging kids on the call and like just sharing his work, he had to educate this parent and say, historically, transgender authors have had a hard time getting their books published. Historically, books about transgender stories. And I know that that parent didn't intend for that to come out that way. And obviously they were on a call. So they were like, accepting and part of a community, but it was a very cringy moment that just a tiny bit of education could have helped. So, yeah. Okay. So one thing I would say is that with the trans experience, as with the non-binary experience, you are existing outside of gender norms, right? Accepted gender norms. And there are lots of conversations going on in the background that I've seen between actual trans historians and social anthropologists who focus on the trans and non-binary experiences over over a a historical period. I just want to make sure that people who are cis just understand the boundary there. Like, you don't need to get involved in those conversations because they're not about you. They're about a historical look at what, and, and, and a social current look at what it is to experience the world as a trans person or as a non-binary person in history and then also now. And I think sometimes when I see these conversations happening and I, I like to read about it because I'm interested, but I don't put myself into the conversation. Because the conversation isn't about me. And I think this goes, you're making such a confused face. Sorry, I'm making a a face. But like, here's the thing. Something that you're saying is very important. Like historical. Yeah. 
anthropological. Yeah. This is not new. Yeah. The, the right wing agenda is to make this seem like it's other and it's new and it's corrupt. And it's just like, because we're leaving the church or what the fuck ever. This is not new. There yeah. have been transgender, non-binary people throughout the course of time. Like they've always existed. They're ancient. It's an ancient, it's ancient. For anyone that's read the book, yeah. I have come out on the first in our, in our introduction. And I actually prefer she, them, because I don't 100% feel like I fall within the gender binary and that's fucking okay. And it's my choice and it's not me being fucking radical. And I'm allowed to identify as whatever the fuck I want to, not to center myself in this. But yeah. I'm just saying that you, everyone knows people that are at odds with this gender binary and it's okay. And it doesn't impact you. No, that's right. Within the accepted gender expression path, right? Socially accepted gender expression. Right. But I just think it's really important to remember. And also this is just a passing comment because we don't want to put too much time on this, but the whole in quotes, gender critical feminism thing, which is actually anti-trans activism. It's not anything else because that's not radical feminism to reduce people down to their private part and decide that there's only one right way to be a woman and only one right way to be a man is deeply patriarchal. So you're tying back into oppressive systems of control. So there's that. But then also, if you don't follow Alok v. Manon, you should. So one of the things that, that I carry with me all the time is that there isn't one or two or three right ways to be a woman or a man. There are eight billion, over eight billion, because there's over eight billion people in the world. There are over eight billion ways, right ways to be a human being. And you get to decide how to inhabit your body. You. Only you. I decide how I inhabit my body. And when I say to you, these are my pronouns, this is how I identify, that should be enough because it's enough for me. 100%. 100%. It should. Yeah. Your business is not other people's, what's in other people's pants or what they're doing when their pants are off, mm-hmm. unless I'll you're a doctor. Sleeping. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, I feel like people have sex. Anyway, <laughs> this is not about sex though. No. Um, so some of these issues that are being completely misconstrued by right-wing politicians in hopes of like sc- fear-mongering, scaremongering, fear-mongering and like getting votes and like what the fuck ever else. So one of the things, what's really happening with transgender people's partici- participation in sports aren't their biological advantages. The reality is that tens of thousands of transgender and non-binary students have been playing sports for years without any unfair advantages or problems. Legislation designed to exclude transgender people, particularly women and girls, from participating in athletics has been rejected by educators, athletes, NCAA-trained facilitators, coaches, advocates for women and girls, and medical medical professionals. In fact, the Associated Press asked lawmakers who were seeking to pass these discriminatory bills discriminatory bills to cite problem cases in their states and not a single lawmaker could identify a case. So we will give the link to this page if you want to read into this. And I have heard many people who think that they're friendly to trans folks bring up this issue and be completely on the wrong side of history on this one. So if you want more information, do your research. Links in the show notes. Are young women really no longer to identify as lesbians? People say there's a, this trend now to be transgender or non-binary. Is that true? That's not fucking true. I'm not even going to read the answer that they write because that's not fucking oh true. God. I know. Aren't kids too young to transition? When a young child expresses that, that they are a gender other than their sex assigned at birth, their parents may support them in finding their own unique identity. This can involve changing the child's name, clothing, 
or pronouns. Once a transgender youth reaches puberty, a doctor may prescribe them with reversible puberty blockers to safely delay the effects of puberty. Puberty blockers are not an experimental treatment, but FDA-approved medications that have been used to treat precocious puberty in non-transgender children for several decades. Precocious puberty is brought on by all the fucking hormones in our food, by something in a child's body, by a myriad of other things. This is not a new drug. This is not like a corruption drug. This isn't something that parents force on their kids. And it is not a transition. It is just a pause button. And once that pause button is released, then they go through puberty. If you want to learn more about it, learn more about it. But young kids do not transition. Nope. So get the fuck out of here with that and do some research. How is anti-transgender legislation related to violence against transgender people? Since 2013, HRC and other advocates have tracked over 200 cases of fatal violence against transgender and gender non-conforming people across 30 states and 113 cities nationwide. Beyond fatal violence, the transgender and non-binary community face higher rates of harassment and physical assault, including transgender young people, with 43% of transgender youth reporting being bullied in school. If you pass laws you pass legislation, if you have political talking points that other a people group that is already struggling to fit in, you are going to put a target on their backs. You remove resources from their communities, you vilify them, and you push them out of a safe community. You make them a villain, you make them an enemy, and you kill them. Everything that's going on that's anti-transgender, currently there are 36 states that have anti-trans bills targeted at youth. They're moving through legislation or have already passed. 36 states. Transgender folks are just trying to stay alive. A transgender child has a 50% chance of making it to adulthood. So when you're looking at these issues, when you are seeing the transgender agenda pushed in your face, don't allow that to steal your humanity. Do the research, get educated. So one of the things that the right-wing media is trying to do right now is say... On social media and in in the news, just say that the transgender agenda is being pushed in your face and like we're expected to all just be on board the trans train or whatever. And there is no transgender agenda. These folks are just trying to survive. If you look at the rates of violence against trans people, we just talked about that, rates of suicide and all of that, you'll see that this is not a community that's trying to make themselves more visible. So just do your research. If there's anything that doesn't seem right to you, that's coming out as a statistic or something that just doesn't feel right, look it up because it's probably not right. You're probably getting bad information. The transgender community deserves better. The non-binary community deserves better. LGBTQ plus community deserves better. And not just for one month out of the year when we all wear rainbows, but for the entire year, they're allowed to survive. We're all in survival mode, some more than others. So we will have the links to all of these organizations and these influencers and the articles we read from in the show notes. If you feel like you learned anything from this, then I would encourage you to share it with folks in your life that might need more information. I would encourage you to have the hard conversations because no matter what happens politically in the next week or so, next year or so, next two years, Things are only going to continue to heat up for the transgender population. And I think 2020 was the deadliest year for the transgender community. Is that true? 2020 or 2021? Um, So I can't imagine we're that far off this year. And um, they deserve better. 
and transgender kids deserve protections and community and a life that is not spent in hiding, being terrified that someone's going to find out. So I think that's all. As always, you can follow us on Instagram, Dear Patriarchy Pod. You can email us at patriarchypod at gmail.com. Check out our website, dearpatriarchypodcast.com. You can buy our merch and our books. I think people are starting to receive books from the publisher. So if you got a book and you love it, let us know. If you hate it, keep it to yourself, but give us five stars anywhere that you can rate us. And a review if you can. Listen, you know, our book, our book is a, it's a great book. It's a well-researched book. Lisa did an incredible job and it's the book we wish we had when we entered the corporate world many moons ago. So we really feel like it will help anyone who reads it. So we encourage you to do that. We'll be back next week with a great duo of guests. Mm-hmm. We're super excited about having a chat with them. And uh, we look forward to hearing your feedback on this podcast. If you haven't heard the other three from this season, please, please, please take a listen to them. They're all so amazing in their own way, as far as like talking to people about their passion and their activism and how they keep their cup full and just, just really important stuff that I think is great for everyone right now in this time when everyone's just fucking exhausted. So as always, love, light, and good night. Good night.